And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a great weekend. I'm a ton to get to, as always, today. Um, Obviously, the the terrorist attacks over in Israel were uh, radical Muslims, uh, led by Hamas in the Gaza Strip, launched nearly 700 missiles, uh, or rockets, rather, into southern Israel. Um, We're going to talk about, uh, on the the happy side of the coin, we're going to talk about uh, the great economic news that, that we got here in the United States last Friday. Um, I break it all down with Aaron Bandler from Jewish Journal. I always enjoy talking to Aaron. Uh, I re- I wanted to do some spoilers for uh, from last night's episode of Game of Thrones, too, but uh, Aaron is actually on season two of Game of Thrones right now, so yeah, definitely not the right guest to uh, to talk GOT, but uh, you know, maybe I'll talk some Game of Thrones on Wednesday. But uh, yeah, <laughs> before I get to Aaron, um, guys, follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Uh, tweet at us. We always tweet back. And if you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. That really helps us out. All right, without further ado, here is my chat with Aaron Bandler. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with my friend Aaron Bandler from Jewish Journal. Aaron, thanks for taking the time, brother. Thanks for having me on. All right, so um, unfortunately, uh, we have to start off the show today with um, your area of expertise, something you've been writing about a lot over at Jewish Journal, and uh, that is the fact that Hamas is at it again. Um, The radical Muslim group who controls uh, the Gaza Strip fired over 650 rockets into southern Israel in the last 48 hours, killing four Israelis, wounding almost 100 more, um, forcing millions and millions of Israelis to sleep in in bomb shelters over the weekend. Um, This isn't not that any any rocket attacks on a sovereign nation should be viewed as as a routine occurrence. But this isn't even, uh, by Hamas's measures, just a routine rocket attack. This was a sustained attack over two full days, almost 700 rockets fired. Um, this is a major escal- escalation uh, in, in the conflict in Gaza. Um, not too optimistic about where this is going. Uh, what do you make of this this latest attack? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an act of war from Hamas, and... It just goes to show that I think Hamas has learned by now that they can just keep getting away with it. It's because so far the cycle has always been that they launch a bunch of rockets, Israel strikes them back, and then they'll exchange fire. And then as these fires reach, things calm down for a brief period of time. And then, and then Hamas says, and then, and then Hamas does it again. And the cycle continues. I think, and I, I think that's a point in time where a cycle has to stop. And it can't just be. You know, targeting various Hamas leaders or targeting buildings and announcing and then announcing, "Hey, we're going to target this building. Uh, you all better leave." And then, of course, everyone leaves, and and then the, it, the empty building gets, and then the building becomes empty, and then you destroy an empty building. Um, which, which Israel does try to try and avoid as much civilian casualties as possible, but but when you do that, you're hamstringing yourself, 
and your and you allow Hamas, which uses its civilians as human shields, to to you know continue to live on and do this. So, I I, I really think that that, that we that this is this this should be a breaking point, uh, where BP just says to hell with it. We need to go and just eradicate every last bit of Hamas from the Gaza Strip, whether that's a land invasion, but just a carpet bombing. It it just needs to happen and. Um, I know that 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 that, that is that you know, that BB really wants to avoid that kind of um, PR conflict for Israel, and I know BB also likes to pit Hamas and the Palestinian Authority against each other because those two do not really get along, and they can be kind of used against each other. But I think at this point, it, um, it, it was enough. You have to go in and really eliminate eliminate this this threat once and for all. I'm as anti-war as it gets. Obviously, anybody who's listened to the the show for any period of time knows that. But I think I'm at the point now where I agree with you, Aaron. I think it is it is it's time. It, it's time for Israel to take out Hamas in the Gaza Strip. This is ridiculous. No nation, no sovereign nation in the history of humanity, has been has been expected to just take it on the chin like this. The way Israel has from Hamas for the last 15 years. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. And, of course, right on cue, the U.N., uh, you know, and, and and all the other, you know, Jew-hating ent- entities on the planet called for Israel to show restraint and to not respond uh, by attacking Hamas targets in Gaza. Obviously, they did um, destroy a handful of, of terrorist targets in Gaza. Um, there's no nation in the history of the world that has been expected to not retaliate when they've been attacked by a foreign power. I mean, imagine any other country be, being expected to show restraint. What if Mexican drug cartels shot 700 rockets at San Diego, killed four Americans, injured 100 more, and, and every everyone in San Diego had to sleep in bomb shelters? Do you think we'd be expected to show restraint? No, we'd go no. fuck them up. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we'd fuck them up. They'd be, it would yeah. be a wasteland, right? And I, no one can be expected to show restraint under these circumstances. 700 rockets fired at a sovereign nation— I think it is time for an invasion or something. Israel needs to take out Hamas. I definitely think uh, the time has come. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, again, I agree. Although I think, um, I think the last thing I read was that they come to, to a ceasefire agreement. So I think, unfortunately, the cycle is going to continue. And I, I, I don't know what it would take for Bibi to finally like pull the trigger and say, all right, it's, it's time to just... You know, er- er- eradicate these bastards once and once for all. I don't know, um, it, because if, if this if this doesn't what will, um, especially since Bibi just got reelected and he has a mandate to basically do what he wants now. And and I think this I think most I think these Israeli people would probably be behind it, given that you know they I think understand by now that there is no way you can make peace with these people, and, and if and if the international community doesn't like it, then to hell with them. You know, you have you have you have the, the America backing you up. I'm sure Trump would would 100 percent back up BB if he were to do it. So I don't know what BB is waiting for at this point. And I, and if, if won't and if he won't do it now, then I don't know when he ever will. I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. You're right. I mean, it is if he's going to attack Hamas, the time is now. It's certainly before the 2020 election here in the States. 
right yeah, on cue, uh, as as always, the Democratic Party is on the side of the terrorists um, because the Democratic yeah. Party hates the Jews. I just want to read a couple tweets, a couple of the worst offenders. You guys, the listeners, already know what tweets I'm going to read, I'm sure. This comes courtesy of Ilhan yeah. Omar, the uh, the Muslim anti-Semitic congresswoman from Minnesota. The Hamas spokesperson. The, yeah, the Hamas first uh, congressman from, from Minnesota. Pretty much. This is her response to the terrorist attack against the Jews. Quote, how many more protesters must be shot? Protesters. Right off the, sorry. I'll, I'll get back to the tweet. Protesters? Uh, you, you're really calling yeah, Hamas pro- You're calling people shooting rockets? Protesters? Come on, bitch. Anyway, back to the tweet. Quote, how many more protesters well, must well, be well, shot? Well, All right, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say that, uh, that, that uh, this really funny Babylon B article, Babylon B, that's basically like the right-wing version of the onion right, right, it's, right, a, yeah. it's a title uh, like hamas hamas member is surprised to learn that he's been called peaceful protester and it's so true because like i don't think any of these hamas people like they know they're not peaceful protesters no, um they, they wake up every morning because, trying to kill as many yeah. jews as possible that's they're not protesting. pretty much they, they call themselves jihadists they they, they claim to yeah. kill jews in the name of allah i mean they're very clear they're when charter people, oh their, their charter explicitly says kill all the jews so i mean it's, it's pretty out in the open when people are calling themselves jihadists maybe you should believe them like yeah my goodness exactly but anyway back to uh, back to this crazy bitch's tweet quote how many more protesters must be shot rockets be fired how ma- okay I, I don't even know if i can make it through this damn tweet aaron how many more rockets must be fired as in hamas had to fire rockets at is it innocent israeli civilians yeah yeah. This, this is oh, this woman's God. worldview. This is this woman's worldview. All right, I'll try to make it through the whole tweet this time, I promise. Quote, how many more protesters must be shot, rockets must be fired, and little kids must be killed until this endless cycle of violence ends? The status quo of occupation and humanitarian crisis in Gaza is unsustainable. Only real justice uh. can bring about security and lasting peace. So I'm going to turn it over to you in a second, Aaron, but just some bullet points in this tweet because there's a lot to break down here. One... There is no occupation of Gaza. The Israelis pulled out of the Gaza Strip in 2005, 14 years ago. Everyone knows this. There is not a single Israeli soldier in Gaza. That's one. Two, what the heck does only real justice can bring about security and lasting peace? Only real justice. Well, considering Ilhan Omar is a terrorist sympathizer, I assume by real justice she means the extermination of all Jews? I, I assume yeah. that's what she means. I mean, what the hell else does she mean by that? Yeah, I mean, destruction of Israel, basically. I think for her, that is the only real justice. I mean, she is a supporter. Of, she, she is a BDS supporter, after all, um, and an open BDS supporter. After after saying during the campaign that she didn't support it, she came out after she, after she won, of course, then announced she was a BDS supporter. And BDS's goal is the destruction of Israel. So, yeah, I think for her, real justice is the destruction of Israel, <laughs> the destruction of, of Jews. I mean, for her, it's, I mean, to me, that tweet reads that the way you said how Hamas must fire rockets, yeah, I think for her, it's Hamas fighting back against quote unquote oppression. You know, I mean, you, you hear this from the United States all the time. Uh, they always try and say things like, oh, Hamas open air prison. It is, it is, it is, Israel is, is, uh, uh, it's cutting off the electricity. They're they're poisoning the water. Um, that that one was something Mark Lamont Hill said. Um, and it, it basically 
like they blame Israel for for Gaza's ills, but it's like again, Israel left Gaza in two thousand five. They forcibly removed Jews or or, or what they designed us call settlers, quote unquote, forcibly removed them from the Gaza Strip and gave and gave the Palestinians all this infrastructure. It gave them the opportunity to have to have their own democracy. And then then in two thousand six, they 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 elect Hamas and then Hamas in a majority for their parliament there. And then Hamas seizes. The government in a coup, and they haven't had, and they haven't had elections since, and 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 of course Hamas has ruled there ever since, and Hamas runs everything, and Hamas is the one that that is brutally impoverishing their own people, and yet you will never hear, I mean I have ever heard Ilhan Omar say a bad thing about Hamas once, ever, so I mean yeah I mean she's basically repeating. Hamas talking points, repeating care talking points, the Council for America's Armed Relations, since they're basically a Hamas front group, um, and I, yeah, I, I I think given all that, that she, I think for her, real justice is the destruction of Israel because she's because she's because she's a Jew hater and a Hamas sympathizer. I don't know how you can surmise anything else from that tweet. Quite frankly, it doesn't just stop with uh, it. Obviously, doesn't stop with Ilhan Omar. Here's another tweet from uh, the other radical Muslim anti-Semite in Congress, or at least one of the several at this point, Rashida Tlaib of Michigan. Yeah. She says, quote, when will the world stop dehumanizing our Palestinian people who just want to be free? And then she goes on also of of accusing Israel of, quote, unjustly oppressing and targeting Palestinian children and families. One, this is absolutely ridiculous. Israel only targeted Hamas leaders. It was Hamas targeting Israeli children and families. And then, one, Rashida Tlaib is from Detroit, Michigan. Okay, she represents Detroit, Michigan. Those are her people who she is representing in the People's House in Washington, D.C. Our Palestinian people who just want to be free? One, the Palestinian people were cheering and, and saying Allahu Akbar when Hamas was, was shooting Israeli children and families. Yeah. I don't think the Palestinian people necessarily even want to just be free, considering they elected literal terrorists this is this is disgusting i mean i don't know how you can read that tweet and you know these radical muslims in congress are constantly accusing jews of dual loyalty saying jews are are loyal to israel above the united states these people are loyal to terrorists above the united states she's literally calling them our palestinian people who just want to be free bitch detroit the citizens of detroit are your people not the palestinians okay like this woman clearly has dual loyalty. I do not, and look, I, I 100% believe what I'm saying right now. Rashida Tlaib's loyalty is in Palestine, not in Detroit, Michigan. This woman prioritizes radical Muslim extremist terrorist groups in the Gaza Strip over her own constituency, constituency in Detroit. Am I am I overstepping my bounds here, or does that sound about right? No, it, it does sound about right. I think. It's also worth noting that that tweet was in response to a New York Times headline. It basically says like, like Gaza, like like two different like two hundred fifty rockets or whatever fired from Gaza against Israel. Okay, like that, that's you know that that's that, this is the New York Times we're talking about. So for them, uh, it's actually not a bad headline because this they're the, that's happened in the New York Times. You have to read them on a curve, and that's actually a pretty okay headline and pretty mild, I would say. But 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 of course, you know, because stop blaming Israel. It seems like a how dare you, and and hence she's, and hence that's apparently uh, dehumanizing Palestinians, and 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you basically kind of said it all for me. Like, I I think it's clear at this point that, yeah, our Palestinian people, she, I I think she, she is basically, um, like, like Ilhan Omar, she is basically representing Hamas and Hezbollah, too. I mean, like, she's, she has ties to that guy, um, Abbas Hamada, who is an open, avowed supporter of Hezbollah. You see her in pictures with, with, with this guy, including at, at her. I mean, uh, so she, yeah, I mean, she, she and Omar are, are, are the Hamas slash Hezbollah caucus of Congress. Right. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, um, most Democrats uh, have just stayed completely silent on this. Most of them don't have the balls to even issue a tweet supporting Israel or condemning yeah. literal terrorists, terrorist attacks. Uh, a handful have. Uh, Steny Hoyer has. Uh, he's usually pretty good on these issues. Kirsten Sinema, the freshman senator from Arizona, did. She she tweeted her support for Israel and Israel's right to defend itself. Um, Ted look, Deutsch. It, 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 yeah, Deutsch as well. Look, if Kirsten Sinema is the Senate Democrats' moral compass. Um, a woman who used to dress up in pink tutus and scream and yell at ICE agents, if she's the most moral member <laughs> of, of the Democratic uh, caucus in the Senate, you guys have made some wrong turns along the way. You guys have elected some wrong people on the way. I mean, good for cinema for, for supporting Israel, obviously. Um, not that it's hard. This should be a no-brainer. Everyone should do this. It's not hard. I, I tweeted last night. I just quote tweeted cinema. I said, Democrats, this shit is not hard if you're not a coward, right? Like, I don't know why just issuing a you know a two-sentence tweet saying, yes, Israel has a right to exist. I don't know why that's so difficult for these Democrats. But if Kirsten yeah. Cinema is the most moral member of your party, yikes. Yeah, it's also worth noting that I, I think none of—I don't think any of the 2020 candidates have, have said anything about it. Zero. Um, ha, ha, zero. Zero. None of them. Yes, zero Democrats running for president in 2020 has have claimed that they support Israel. Zero. Yeah, and zero. so what, and so that I should tell you just to say the Democratic Party, and I, I I think, I mean, for some of them, like like Cory Booker, like if, who I think has genuinely been has typically been regarded as a friend to Israel um, by people of the Jewish, by members of the Jewish community. Um, so I. Uh, like I honestly think he's, he's, he's anti-Israel per se, but it just goes to show that the, that the base of the Democrat Party is firmly in the anti-Israel camp, and all these presidential candidates are scared of them, and they're not willing to call them out, and they're not well, they're, not, they're not willing to go against them. So, uh, yeah, that's I, that's uh, that's uh, that is some pretty scary stuff, and you know I would tell my um, my friends who are pro-Israel Democrats, it's like, look, you know this. Party no longer no longer rep- represents you. They have left you behind. You know, if, if you want to vote Republican, that's that's fine. Like I I, I, I get it, but but like let's but your, your party has left you. Like if anything, um, it's I I I, I formally support the Jexit movement. I think it's called um the Jewish Exit or I forget what I forget what they called it now. But um, right, right. but basically like you know if, if you don't if if you if you feel politically homeless, then Lead the Democrat Party and just be just be the client state voter. You know, send a message to to the powers that be in the Democratic Party that we as Jews will not tolerate the fact that they are letting Jew hatred fester and metastasize in their party. 
to the Democratic politicians and the, the base of the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party voters, if you look at what happened over the weekend and you see Hamas, radical Muslim terrorists, shoot 700 rockets at Israel, and then you see Israel respond by taking out military Hamas targets in Gaza, and you come down on the yeah. side of Hamas, you're a morally bankrupt human being. Like, you have an evil, satanic ideology. Like, I, I don't know how much more clear I need to be. If you look at the situation between Hamas and Israel and come down on the side of Hamas, like, you don't belong in civilized society. Like, you're a bad human. You're a bad human being. A good human being would not make that, would not make that choice, would not come down on the side of these terrorists. These people are not... This isn't just that the Democrats get this policy wrong or whatever. This isn't just a, a policy discrepancy with me, right? This is evil. I mean, this is this is when the the Democratic Party's ideology lines up with literally Satan's ideology. Like, if your party platform lines up, is virtually identical to the goals of the devil himself, which is the extinction of the Jewish people, you're not just... You didn't just fuck up a policy point. Okay, this isn't just, I want the marginal tax rate to be 36% instead of 34%. Okay, it's not like that. It's evil. Like, this is festering evil within the Democratic Party. This is literally anti-human. It's it's, it's satanic, Aaron. Like, I, I, I hope I'm not being too extreme here, but this is no, not I, just I, a policy point. Like, this is pure, unadulterated evil. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you, how you can be a moral person and, and, and come inside of Hamas when Hamas explicitly says in its charter uh, to kill all the Jews. Like, it's right there in the open. They don't they don't really hide who they are. So, yeah, I don't know how... If, if you really support a, a group that supports killing... A terror group that supports killing Jews and targets innocent, Israel, innocent Israeli Jewish civilians and children then yeah i i don't know what else to say to you at, 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 at that point because at that point like you're you're too far gone um ideologically and morally yeah i agree and unfortunately i think the uh the jeremy corbinization if you will of the democratic party is is complete um i guess we all kind of assumed that would happen um i definitely didn't think it would happen this quickly yeah I, I, it is disturbing how fast it's happening i mean like, do you you kind of see it for some time that that was coming because I mean let's say Obama was not really a friend to Israel and and I, I would argue that Obama was anti was um, had and had anti-Semitic views or said some anti-Semitic things while he was president but but at, at least he wasn't quite as in your face about it as right it wasn't out the Democrats wasn't out now the are open. it wasn't out in the open like this like he tried to undermine. Uh, Netanyahu and in, in one of his re-election efforts and he you know he obviously with the Iran deal and stuff like that but it wasn't he wasn't tweeting support for terrorists right like it wasn't out and blatant yeah. and in your face like it is now yeah ex exactly and I mean granted that, like the Democrats will say like oh but Nancy Pelosi still runs the party she's pro Israel okay but she's she is allowing a Hamas supporter to be to serve on the Foreign Affairs Committee, okay. So and so she is not. Well, while Nancy Pelosi may have may hold pro-Israel views, she is not willing to do 
what what is right and and, and go against the base of her party and basically render these render these Hamas supporters these Jew haters in in her party powerless. The Republicans did it with Steve King, but when it comes to Han Omar and Rashid Tlaib, they they continue they continue to send them. Their committees, and they only get slapped on the wrist. That's why Omar, like, like Omar has been saying plenty of, 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 of anti-Semitic stuff since that watered-down resolution came at the end of March, and she doesn't even apologize for it anymore. Like, no, because look, like, she just doesn't have to. I'm glad that Kevin McCarthy and the GOP leadership came down hard on Steve King, but what Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib have said, I mean, this weekend. Or at least, I mean, to try to put a percentage on it, Aaron, maybe like 17 million times worse than anything Steve King's ever said in his life. I'm sure it's, yeah, it's a million times worse than anything Steve King's ever thought in his entire life. I mean, this is this is next level evil stuff. But yeah, I mean, Nancy Pelosi has a choice. I mean, what what side of history does she want to come down on here? I mean, the, the side of the only sovereign democracy in the Middle East or the side of radical Muslim terrorists? Like literally, it's not, sorry to just yeah, break I mean, it down to a I black mean, and yeah. white like this, but to be on the side of God or the side of the devil, honest to God, that that is Nancy Pelosi's choice, and she has to make it soon. Um, Aaron, before I let you go, I do want to talk about some good news to to wrap up the show. Um, thank goodness. Um, and that was the 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 economic news coming out last Friday. Um, this past quarter's jobs report broke all of the projections. Unemployment is now at 3.6%, which is considered full employment. It's the lowest since 1969, 50 years ago. Wages are growing faster than at any point since the early 80s. My question to you is, how the hell are Democrats supposed to campaign against this? Like, what what could they possibly say? Well, yeah, they stronger now than it's been in decades. What the hell are they supposed to say on the campaign trail? I I mean, they they can't really. They can't really. I mean, you'll probably hear the Marxist class trap of of Bernie Sanders saying, "Well, it's." Just for the, for for the one percent or whatever, which but which isn't true. Look at the numbers. So, but that, that's why the Democrats aren't really uh, campaigning on on the economy. Like it, it's mainly on, on broad sort of platitudes about there being Medicare for all, no guns, um, and just saying a, a, a Trump is an evil human being. And it's like, well, I, I like I think they got they have to do a better job than just oh Trump sucks because it's like okay, well I mean things are pretty good right now. So what are you what are you going to do it's actually going to be better and right now like they're they don't, they don't really have a good answer for that so they have to i think for them they have to hope that trump sort of um destroys himself which i i guess could happen uh i mean there's a, it's a long time between now and uh, november 2020 and, and and of course trump does have a bit of a loud mouth um both literally and on a twitter account but i mean I, 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 all trump has to do really is just stay quiet and, and and have some sort of restraint and then he, then he wins easily so i mean if if, if you're the democrats it, it's kind of a precarious position because right now things things are good and you're being insane like you guys all you have to do is, as jesse kelly like, like say on twitter like all they have to do is, is not being insane they can't do it because they they're do insane it. they can't and do it so i mean yeah the, the Trump team should really be studying Ronald Reagan's 1984 re-election campaign. 
because um, yeah. Re- Reagan's whole premise running for re-election in 84 was it's morning in America again, right? Like there was that famous TV yeah. ad, which is probably the most effective uh, TV ad of, of all time in the history of politics. And it's morning in America again. And, you know, wages were rising. People had jobs. You know, the interest rates were coming down. Inflation was, was slowing. Uh, and Walter Mondale was running... Uh, on like Reagan sucks and I'm going to raise your taxes. <laughs> Very similar to what the Democrats are running on now. Um, yeah. And, and the economy is even stronger now than it was in 1984. So, look, I think Trump should campaign exclusively on the economy. Forget the border. I mean, we do need to secure the border. Don't get me wrong. Don't forget the border. But in terms of the, the, the radio ads, the TV ads, just talk economics. Just talk about the economy. I don't know if the border is really a re- winning issue for Republicans at this point. So in terms of, of pitching it to the American public, I'd say just skip it and just focus on the economy. And I could see a Reagan-Mondale-type blowout, potentially, if this economy does hold up. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I agree. The economy should be, should be the centerpiece of, of, of his campaigning. I think, I think that and just pointing out how insane the Democrats are. And, and then there you go. There's, there's, there, there's your re-election. Democrats love terrorists and hate the Jews and they want to raise your taxes and they want to take your guns and uh, yep hell the sales, sales pitch from the Democratic Party ladies and gentlemen yeah pretty much yikes so Aaron before I let you go where can everybody find you online and read your stuff and follow you and keep in touch and all that good stuff uh, yeah so you can follow me on so I you'll see my stuff at, at uh, the Jewish Journal JewishJournal.com on Twitter at Bandler's Banter, I'm also on Facebook. You, you, you can like my recently created Facebook page. Uh, I, I post all my stuff there. Um, yeah. All right, everybody, follow Aaron at Bandler's Banter. Check out JewishJournal.com for all of Aaron's writing over there. And uh, yeah, Aaron's on every couple months. So I'm sure you'll be hearing from him soon. <laughs> and uh, that's yep. all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. <laughs>